welcome to a podcast for Redefined Sisters. We are a discipling community of women flourishing in faith and redefined by the gospel. Our deepest desire is to equip women to be deeply rooted in the word of God and live in community with one another. Hi, ladies. Welcome back to the Redefined Sisters podcast. And to begin, we have a fun question for you. So Emily, I heard Santa is coming to town with some great gift giving inspiration for the Emmanuel God with us redefined collection. What are some of your favorites? And here's just a few to touch on the e-cards, the accessory pouch, the pillow, stickers, the crew neck, water bottle, blanket. We even have a new tote bag coming out. Yes, Santa is coming. I'm very excited. I would definitely have to go with the ornaments because you design them and they're beautiful. The e-cards, because who doesn't like to um, select their own Christmas gift with free money? A tote bag, accessories pouch to place all my pens and highlighters in. And just in time for the new year, when we finally release an exclusive redefined journal that I'm very excited about. And also don't forget the jewelry and newly designed exclusive mug. So we are very excited around here. What about you, Jordan? What are your favorites? Well, I love the accessory pouch because I have so many highlighters and it just keeps everything organized for me. The e-card is so sweet, such an easy thing to send out to friends and family if you don't want to mail a card this year, but I think the stickers and the ornaments might be my favorite because it's such a quick stocking stuffer and kids love stickers. And with three kids, it's kind of an easy gift. Yes. I love stocking stuffers. That's such a fun way to surprise your family. Yes, definitely. And stickers can go on any surface. So it's a really fun way to see different Bible verses throughout your house. Absolutely. Well, we are continuing our fall series, Read the Bible Together. We actually have a monthly reading calendar that helps you follow along with us and live studies together to dig deeper in our Facebook discipleship community, which we hope you'll head over there afterwards. And yes, we even cover those difficult chapters and passages. During the month of December, we will press pause for our Advent Reflections PDF guide included for those in our community, or you can purchase this in our merch store. Use code PODCAST10 during the holiday season. And ladies, this week, join us for a beautiful conversation over 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. This episode will touch on the topic of infertility, and we know that this may be painful for some of you, so please press pause and rejoin us when you are able. We are praying for God's grace to be evident in your life. So pour a cup of coffee or tea, grab your journal, and join us as we continue this series. This will be perfect for any woman. Listen along anytime, anywhere. I, Jordan, will be your host, joined by my dear friend, Emily. Hi, ladies. Welcome. She is also the founder of Redefine Sisters. We are thankful for you and your gracious support of this podcast and ministry. Thanks for tuning in. And also, ladies, we have a special gift for you during the month of November. Use code SALTLIGHT, all uppercase, on our newly released crewneck sweatshirt, just in time for the cooler temps. 
Thank you for the gracious support, sister. We would love it if you would also subscribe to this podcast so we can reach more women with the hope of the gospel. Our hope and prayer through this series is that you will see and behold the beauty of reading through scripture with us, but are also able to identify key themes seen throughout the Bible, creation, fall, redemption, and consummation, as they will be brought into focus for you in both the Old and the New Testaments. We are reading from the CSB, the NASB, and Emily's Study Bible, the ESB. And before we dive into this episode, we would love to hear from you on tips that you have learned along the way in your study of God's word. Email our team at hello at redefinedsisters.com and share with us. We would love to hear from you. Enter to win our special giveaway, a free admission ticket to our upcoming women's conference in spring of 2024. Lastly, a couple great resources from our last few episodes to familiarize yourself with is net.bible.org and blueletterbible.org, which is my personal favorite. And Emily's favorite is BibleRef.com. And we will link these in the description box for you ladies. And Emily, would you love to get us started on 1 Samuel? Yes, absolutely. So let's gain a deeper understanding of the context of 1 Samuel. The author is not clearly identified, but likely includes writings from Samuel and the prophets Nathan and Gad written between 930 and 722 BC before Christ. The recipients were the people of Israel and Judah between the end of Solomon's reign and the northern kingdom's fall to Assyria in 722 BC. So 1 Samuel is a narrative account of events in Israel's history, focusing on the beginning of the monarchy with the exception of Hannah's poetic hymn in chapter 2. So throughout the book of 1 Samuel, you'll likely hear this word, obey. To obey is better than sacrifice. And so that is the Hebrew word, shama. And you'll see that like key verse in 1 Samuel 15, verse 22b, the latter portion of that verse. So this word, shama, for obey means hear or listen. And I'm going to read a little bit and what the commentator wrote on this because I thought it was helpful to our understanding in my study Bible. Although the word obey, shama, literally means hear or listen, it usually implies that the hearer will follow hearing with obedience. So that's the key word here is hearing is followed by obedience. Shama can also be translated discern or heed, emphasizing the response one should have when confronted with the truth of God. Obedience of those who fear the Lord and seek to follow him is required. Your obedience to God reflects an inner reality of your commitment to love him. And I also noticed within chapters one and two, the word Lord, it could be in your translation, oh Lord, or the Lord, it was repeated close to 37 times. So I do really feel like the author was trying to communicate something to us because when you look in chapter three, verse one, we'll touch on that later in the episode, but um, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. So as you can imagine, um, the priesthood was pretty corrupt at this point. And so uh, we just see the depravity of sin and um, our need for Jesus. 
in our own lives, but their need to um, repent of their sin and turn to God. So let's go to chapter one. So you'll see this word Shiloh, which means a place of rest and tranquility. And before I dive into verses two through seven, I want to read again in my study Bible, because I think it's very helpful toward understanding from what's going on here. So Shiloh means a place of rest, tranquility. It was the name of the town about 30 miles north of Jerusalem and 12 miles south of Shechem, in which Israel's tabernacle rested in a semi-permanent structure after the conquest of over three centuries. So archaeologists digging in this location announced in 2013 the discovery of ashes in a broken clay pitcher dating to 1050 BC, strongly suggesting that the site was burnt to the ground. God's warning that Jerusalem would be destroyed as Shiloh was. Shiloh also appears in Genesis, where it is translated, he whose right it is, designating the coming of the Messiah. So let's dive into um, verse 2. And they are talking about Elkanah. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah and the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And I'm going to pause right there for just a second. We want to flip over to Genesis 2.24. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So I thought it was interesting that Elkanah had two wives, um, and the commentator in my study Bible talks about how it could be because Hannah was barren. We don't know that for sure, but we know God's design for marriage was one man and one woman bound together for life. And obviously there's sin and there's brokenness in our world, so that doesn't always happen, but that's really God's design. So when you see throughout the Old Testament that even Solomon, he had a ton of wives. I've lost track now about how many wives he had, but King Solomon, that's who I'm talking about. So when you look at this, um, you'll see that many of these families had multiple wives. Um, Jacob had two wives. And so that's not God's design. So we want to we want to talk about that and be open about that. But I thought it was interesting. The commentator said maybe because Hannah was barren that he needed to continue his family line. So let's go to verse three. Now this man would go up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were priests to the Lord there. When the day came to Elkanah's sacrifice, he would give portions to Benina, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her. So if you remember in Genesis, Rachel and Leah, this may sound familiar, because the Lord had closed her womb. And so the author is repeating this twice, the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 7, it happened year after year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her. So she wept. And you'll see later on, um, when we talk about Hannah just pouring her heart and soul out to the Lord in prayer, and Eli the priest thinking that she was drunk because 
her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. But she was literally just pouring out her heart before the Lord. And this is perfectly okay. This is what we should do. We should go to the Lord and pour out our hearts. And because there's a lot of difficult things in our lives and infertility being one of those for the topic of this episode. But I'm going to read in my study Bible notes where they have, um, they just discuss infertility a little bit more. And I thought it was really helpful to us. In the midst of the pain associated with infertility, women must be reminded that their source of life comes from God. Nothing is as important as a woman's walk with the Lord. Children are a blessing from God, but they can become idols in a woman's life. And I think too, like when we're talking about infertility, like the desire for children, that can become an idol too. So we just have to make sure our heart's in the right place with the Lord. So Hannah's heartache is felt in the first chapter of 1 Samuel. She was constantly reminded of her childlessness and furthermore provoked by the cruelty of Penina. Yet at the point of her despair, Hannah pours her heart out before the Lord. Within Hannah's request for a son is the vow that she would give him back to the Lord's service. And this word vow also means lent, so she lent him to the Lord. And we're talking about Samuel, her son. So even in her grief, Hannah gives priority to God's glory over her own desires. Hannah left the tabernacle and returned to her husband no longer despondent. Women struggling with the matter of infertility can gain enormous encouragement from the example of Hannah as a woman of faith who unashamedly poured out her grief in English to the Lord and trusted him to hear her prayer. So I think that's the key here. I think there's a lot of trust involved in the Lord that he will hear our prayer and his timing, um, whether he chooses to answer that prayer with a baby, you know, that's ultimately his will because the Lord has good in store for us. And so we have to trust him that he knows what's best for us. And also, you know, since I've walked through a season of fertility, there was a season, I think it was like uh, probably a little over a month where I was completely off of social media. Don't feel bad about that. Social media is such a tool. Um, It can be incredible, but it can also be so, so dangerous when you compare your life to other women, when you're walking through infertility and you see all these women who are announcing the birth of um, their babies or announcing that they're pregnant, it can be really, can produce a lot of anxiety and discontentment in your own life. So I'd encourage you to just get off. You'll be fine. (laughs) You'll see everyone again soon. So that's my encouragement to you. So let's move to chapter two. And I'm going to read through verse 11. And this is Hannah's prayer. And then I'm going to let Jordan kind of walk through verses 27 through 29. And then she'll kind of focus on Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, um, and their sin as well, and the sin of Eli and honoring his own sons above the Lord. So... Let's start in chapter 2, verse 1. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies. Because I rejoice in your salvation, there is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge. 
and with him actions are weighed. The bowels of the mighty are shattered, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry cease to hunger. Even the barren gives birth to seven, but she who has many children languishes. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the, of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world on them. He keeps the feet of his godly ones, but the wicked ones are silenced in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. Those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them he will thunder in the heavens. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. And he will give strength to his king, and he will exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went to his home at Ramah, but the boy ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. And I will read just um, a little bit in my study Bible to give a deeper explanation of this poetic hymn. So Hannah's praise is recorded in the form of Hebrew poetry. Her hymn is often compared to Mary's song in Luke chapter 1. Because of its praise to God for his blessing, the song functions not only as Hannah's own expression of joy, but also as Israel's triumphant expression of hope in being governed by the God who is the judge of all the earth. Her prayer declares the omnipotence, the holiness, the omnificence, and sovereignty of God, all key themes emphasized throughout this book in 1 Samuel. So Jordan, do you want to go through chapter or verses 27 through 36 of chapter two? Yeah, absolutely. A man of God came to Eli and said to him, this is what the Lord says. Didn't I reveal myself to your forefather's family when they were in Egypt and belonged to Pharaoh's palace? Out of all the tribes of Israel, I chose your house to be my priest, to offer sacrifices on my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your forefather's family all the Israelite food offerings. Why then do all of you despise my sacrifices and offerings that I require at a place of worship? You have honored your sons more than me by making yourselves fat with the best part of all the offerings of my people of Israel. Therefore, this is a declaration of the Lord, the God of Israel. I did say that your family and your forefather's family would walk before me forever. But now this is the Lord's declaration. No longer. For those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disgraced. Look, the days are coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your forefather's family, so that none in your family will reach old age. You will see distress in the place of worship, in spite of all that is good in Israel, and no one in your family will ever reach old age. Any man from your family I do not cut off from my altar will bring grief and sadness to you, and all your descendants will die violently. This will be the sign that I will come to you concerning your sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Both of them will die on the same day. Then I will raise up a faithful priest for myself, and he will do whatever is in my heart and mind. I will establish a lasting dynasty for him, and he will walk before my anointed one for all time. Anyone who is left in your family will come and 
bow down to him for a piece of silver or a loaf of bread. He will say, please anoint me to some priestly office so I can have a piece of bread to eat. So in a little deeper explanation of the verses that I just read, the sin of Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, all of that was because Eli honored his sons more than God. And it was a declaration of God being upset about that because God should always be put first. Just to mention, as we were reading in 1 Samuel, both Eli and Samuel were judges. So that's pretty cool that we did just wrap up the book of Judges and found out these two were also judges within the same time period. But we are going to skip over just real quick one chapter to chapter three, and we're going to read verse one. But the boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. So as we just said, in 1 Samuel, both Eli and Samuel were judges, and we just wrapped up the book of Judges. So it's pretty cool to know that this is within the same time period. And our redefined definition is blessing is the abundant life offered to us in Christ, enriched by God the Father and sustained through the power of the Spirit. The abundance offered to us is eternal life, a loving relationship that has saved and redeemed our broken lives. Our response is living in right fellowship with God through a lifestyle of faith and obedience. So ladies, how can we live in right relationship with God this week? Jordan, that's a great question. One of the things I think is important um, in living in right relationship with God is prayer. So I was reading in my Elizabeth Elliot, Keep a Quiet Heart, and she talks about prayer, prayer being a command from God, but um, through prayer, we are changed and we are conformed to the will of God. So I thought that was really cool. That is pretty cool. So really quick, we are going to go to talk about different passages focusing on forgiveness. We are going to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you, along with all malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Next, let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Next, we're going to turn to Psalm chapter 32, verses 1 and 2. How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. Next, let's turn to Micah chapter 7, verse 19. 
He will again have compassion on us. He will vanquish our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Next, we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Anyone you forgive, I do too. For what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, it is for your benefit in the presence of Christ, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. And lastly, let's turn to Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so are you also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. In whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Emily, would you like to touch on our application points? Sure, I'd love to do that. So the first one would be, what sin or idolatry is the Lord asking you to confess this week? Secondly, what practical steps of faith can you take to trust God as you walk through the season of infertility? And in case you need a beautiful reminder, Jesus is ready to receive you with open arms, sister. And we actually have in our resource library of our store, a guide on infertility that may be a blessing to you. I believe that's $5. So um, check that out. I hope it encourages you. We also have a video that I made over infertility. So you can um, see that in our link tree. So we'll share the link with you to view that. But something we do in our community, our discipleship community, when we go live and we walk through scripture together is we always pray. So I think that would be a um, really great thing to do here in this episode. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for just the encouragement through first Samuel. We thank you for Hannah's life and that you gave her more children after Samuel, but the grace um, that was evident in her life. Lord, we pray for that grace in each of our lives that no matter what you have for us as we walk through infertility, that you would be gracious, Lord. Um, you would provide and according to your will, but Lord, that you would strengthen us and encourage us as we walk through this season. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. So, ladies, thank you for joining us. We hope you will delight in God's word with us as we read through scripture together. A new episode will be released bi-weekly for you ladies, and we hope you enjoyed a wonderful Thanksgiving gathered around the table with family and friends. Bye, ladies. Bye. listening. To continue the conversation with us, join our free membership community at www.facebook.com slash groups slash redefined sisters. 
We cannot wait to connect with you.